0: You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how, and the Packers on Monday night escape 23-22 to against the Detroit Lions, Mason Crosby's field goal with two seconds left pushes the Packers past their NFC North rivals. There were some controversial calls. There were some late-game heroics. There were adjustments. There were injuries. There were all kinds of storylines emerging out of this game, and we're going to get into all of it on today's show. I want to start with the Green Bay Packers facing adversity for it's not really the first time because they were down against the Eagles and, and had the opportunity to come back, but it is the first time where they've really had their backs against the wall. You come out and look embarrassing, just embarrassing. The Lions came out with an excellent game plan. They opened the game with a flea flicker, a huge play to Kenny Galladay, but they only managed three points on that trip. and Green Bay falls by, behind 10-0 they fall behind 13 nothing eventually before they they got in gear a little bit but in order to do that they needed some help with penalties they needed some help with lions miscues to get back in the game and that's going to happen you know teams are going to beat themselves the patriots win more games but it's simply by virtue of letting teams beat themselves i swear and the packers made it easier Aaron Jones dropped a walk-in touchdown on a beautiful play design and a perfect throw from Aaron Rodgers. You go minus three in the turnover department, two from Darius Shepard, one on a punt return he absolutely should have fair caught, and another on a ball that literally ricocheted off Darius Shepard's helmet. You go minus three in the turnover department, and I don't care who you're playing, you're going to lose and yet Green Bay found a way to win. And and for whatever you want to say, I mean, Lions fans probably not listening to this, but I'm sure there's going to be discussions all week about the validity of this win and the penalties, yada, yada, yada. The, the final numbers do not lie. Green Bay 22 first downs to Detroit's 13. Green Bay puts up almost 450 yards... Detroit doesn't even get to 300. The Packers average 6.5 yards a play. The Lions average under 5.5. With sacks, Green Bay 277 through the air, Detroit 243. On the ground, Green Bay 170, Detroit 56. And the turnover numbers about even in terms of yardage. Packers outpossessed the Lions 33 to just under 27. Not an insignificant margin. So not all of those things are are important indicators. But Green Bay. On a play to play basis. Did beat the Lions. They outplayed them. After. Especially after the first quarter. I mean because look. Detroit's up to nothing. Final score 23-20. Just do the math. After the first quarter it's 23-12. And the, the Lions couldn't get touchdowns so for whatever you want to say about the officiating in this game and there there are plenty of things to say about it Detroit had their opportunities to put this game away had the opportunities early and we should credit the Packers defense for the work that they did Green Bay gave up that big play to open the game the 66 yarder to Kenny Galladay And, and Detroit gets down inside the red zone They've got 1st and 10 at the Green Bay 11. Lions fumble the snap. Negative play. Incomplete pass. Now it's 3rd and 15, and the the drive ends in a field goal. All right, that's a huge win. 3-0 instead of 7-0. Packers are not able to do anything on the ensuing possession. They go 3 and out. The Lions then go 8-play, 74 yards. This was really the only play... The only drive where Detroit really uh, put together a length of the field drive, but they got a huge pass to Marvin Hall for 58 yards on the first play. They go eight plays, 74 yards, and eventually put the ball into the end zone on a play that I'm not sure they got into the end zone. Fourth and goal at the one. One official says he's short. One official says he made it. Are we sure the right call was made? We didn't get a great camera angle that showed he was actually across the line. So if we want to talk about officiating, we have to talk about that bit of officiating. The Packers on the next possession, they get a good drive going. Aaron Jones uncharacteristically fumbles the ball, but Green Bay's defense holds yet again. They hold yet again. 13-0 instead of 17-0. And this game should really be 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter Instead, it's just a two-score game and not even a full two touchdowns. Green Bay, the next possession, touchdown. And now it's a ball game. Now they have maintained shouting distance with the Lions. They force the punt. They get the field goal before halftime, and it's 13-10, and everything that happens after that is a result of Detroit not winning this game early. You look at a game like the Minnesota game, where the final numbers say Minnesota outplayed Green Bay on a per-play basis. Very similar to this in terms of the final box score. But the difference is Green Bay scored touchdowns. They went up 21-0. And so Minnesota getting getting nice drives, it, it did not result in the same kind of damage to their lead that this did. And Green Bay took advantage of that. Their defense can now hold teams down and give Aaron Rodgers the opportunity to win games. And that is exactly what Aaron Rodgers did. And he did it without Devontae Adams. Geronimo Allison lost in this game. He did it on a night where Detroit gets healthy. Darius Slay comes back from injury. Justin Coleman is playing outstanding football, as we talked about all week on Locked On Packers. And... Rodgers was great in this game. He really was. The final numbers will not will not reflect it. The interception off a ricochet really brings the numbers down. And then how many drops? I mean, the Aaron Jones play, that should be a touchdown. A number of, Geronimo Allison, a couple drops, Jimmy Graham, Jake Kumaro. I mean, everyone got in the act on the drops. I mean, Rodgers should have been, you know, 30 of 39 instead of 24 of 39. Should have had 300-plus yards. Probably should have had three touchdowns. Should not have had the pick. I mean, this is a game Green Bay. They shot themselves in the foot, and they shot themselves in the foot and still found a way to win. Now, without getting crazy and, and being a buzzkill, these are games that are not sticky over time. You're not going to win every game like this, and you're not gonna. this is not a sustainable formula for the Packers. This is the kind of game... That when you win and you win a couple of these in a season, that can catapult you to a Super Bowl. You have to get a little bit lucky in these close games because Green Bay didn't get lucky last year. This is exactly the kind of game last year they lose. Exactly the kind of game last year they lose. Before we move on, I want to talk about Roman. The folks at Roman are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret longer-lasting in the bedroom. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash locked on. The Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, Personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app Or request a virtual clinic appointment 24 7 and be seen by a board certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. I don't think we can do justice to this game without talking about the receiver situation. Because I was getting a lot of messages, a lot of notes on the Lockdown On Packers fan hotline, a lot of tweets about the receiver position and where Green Bay is. And yeah, it is going to be tough to win a game without Devontae Adams. Full stop. It's going to be even more difficult to win it without Geronimo Allison. And it's going to be even more difficult with your defense not able to get stops early in the game. And giving up big plays, and even when they're getting stops, they're getting stops in the red zone, so they're giving up field goals rather than simply making the other team punt the ball away. That that part of the early part of this game, you know, going down ten nothing, thirteen nothing, didn't really have anything to do with who the Packers receivers were. Now, after that, and and there were some you know drops and and things of that nature, but the Packers ran the ball effectively all game and yet didn't get to the play-action game more often. Aaron Rodgers was extremely accurate in this game. He played really well. My point all along has not been to say that Green Bay should not trade for a receiver, and I don't want to go fully down this line because we have not you know, even let the, the game breathe at all. Aaron Rodgers proved once again that it doesn't matter who is lining up out there He can overcome the adversity. And even more so when he has a defense that can play like it did today. So this is two-part here. The Packers can keep winning games like this. This was a little bit lucky, of course, but they won the game in convincing fashion last week, getting turnovers. This week, they won by not getting turnovers. They actually gave up. Turnovers, But you get Cedarius Smith, he gets a sack. Preston Smith, a sack and a half. And you are able to get big stops when you need them. That's what Green Bay got. They played good situational defense, good red zone defense. That makes it easier for Aaron Rodgers no matter who is out there. When your running game is going, 29 carries a buck 70 for the run game. And even if you want to take out the, the non-running backs... It's still an impressive day. Jamal Williams 14 carries, 104 yards, 7.4 yards a carry, plus that big 45-yarder in the 2-minute drill that set up the field goal to make it 13-10. That was a huge play. A huge play. The Packers if Aaron Jones is not going to play well, if he's just not going to he's just some days you just don't have it. Some days you're you're just a little out of, out of sorts. To be able to put in Jamal Williams and have him play the way that he did, that is such a luxury for the Packers. And I I said coming in, I said, look, no, they don't have a receiver other than Devontae Adams, but Jamal Williams can be that guy. And I think they're going to hit a deep shot to MVS, which they did. A beautiful, beautiful throw for 46 yards late in the game to set up a score. I mean, those are there at least once a game. And when you have Devontae Adams, everyone's job gets easier. So I, my, my point in all of this is when you have a number one receiver as good as Devontae Adams, you're going to build your offense around him. The, the Falcons build their offense around Julio. The Saints build their offense around Michael Thomas. And they do that because they should. Houston builds their offense around DeAndre Hopkins. If DeAndre Hopkins went out in Houston, that passing game would be a disaster. And if Michael Thomas missed games for the Saints, they would have problems moving the ball. Green Bay was able to, with bailing wire and sheet metal, put together an offense that did enough. And it was enough because of this defense. So if you're going to defend Brian Gutekunst for not making a move at receiver, it would be because you have other skill players at other spots that can make it work. You have MVS who can hit deep shots for you. You have these running backs who can be factors in the running game and the passing game. I thought we should have seen more from them in the, in the passing game. Early on, it worked. You get the running backs on linebackers. Let them, let them make those guys miss. They ended up liking the matchup in 11 personnel. Booker McFarland must have said 11 personnel, God, 40 times. And they were able to run the ball effectively out of that. And I think that's something that I'd like to see Green Bay do a little bit more of. Spread teams out and still don't be afraid to run the ball. But they got that contribution from Alan Lazard, four catches, 65 yards, and that ridiculous touchdown throw from Aaron Rodgers for 35 yards that brings the game within a field goal. And he is calling. Aaron Rodgers said after the game, Alan Lazard was calling for the ball in the huddle. Saying, this is how I can beat this guy. Let me run this route, basically. And they and they hit plays because Alan Lazar said, Hey, I'm going to be open if you if you make this call. And so they ran it. And they got it. And he was reliable. If Geronimo Allison is not going to be reliable, seven targets and just three catches, at least two, probably three drops. If he is not going to be reliable, I know he's a veteran. I know he's well liked in the locker room, all that stuff. The injury is something you hate to see. If he is not going to be reliable, Matt LaFleur cannot be afraid to let some of these other guys try and make an impact. Alan Lazard is one of those guys. And this is where we get back to questions about Equinemia St. Brown. Should he have been on the 53 man roster and then you put him on IR so he could come back? Is that something the team should have done? I think there are still reasonable conversations to be had about the situation with. These other receivers, and and do they need to go make a trade? That is a a conversation for a different day. But I will point out once again, Green Bay won this game with with the players that they have on their team. You know the Lions have Marvin Jones Jr., two catches, 17 yards. And we're going to talk about the defense in a little bit. But this Packers offense, once again, nine different Packers caught passes and. Eight of them caught multiple passes. It was only Darius Shepard who had the one catch, and that was on a little screen. It is it is hard for me to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to trust Darius Shepard moving forward in the short term at the very least. He may have no other option. They, I don't want to say they need Devontae Adams back for Oakland because, look, Oakland is not as good as Detroit and not as good as Dallas. And Green Bay already beat those teams without Devontae Adams. So do they need Devontae Adams this week? No, they don't. They don't need him. And they proved it again. They can run the ball down your throat. They can run the ball down your throat. Detroit has a very good defensive front. And they're a solid run defense. And Green Bay took it to them on the ground. 170 yards and nearly a 6-yard per carry average. And that's with Aaron Rodgers not really being able to do much outside of one nice run in particular. If this team needs to be, it can be a run team that can play action you and play good defense. I think they need to lean more heavily on play action. It seemed like every time they went play action against Detroit, they were able to find someone down the field. And I just it baffles me a little bit that they're not able to do it more, especially... When in the NFL, most coaches believe you run the ball, you can set up play action more effectively, even though, you know, the data says mm, maybe it doesn't matter if if you can run the ball effectively. It's all about the scheme. And, and we've had this discussion ad nauseum on this show. But if the Packers are going to run the ball effectively, there is no excuse for not utilizing play action more often. I mean, they had Mercedes Lewis on a beautiful play action play. By the way, Mercedes Lewis should take every... Jimmy Graham snap. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm off the ride. Every Jimmy Graham snap. Two catches, 17 yards on five targets. Does not make contested catches in those situations, which is part of the reason why he's he's theoretically a factor in the red zone. And does not give great effort. Is not great on second reaction plays. Mercedes Lewis, who is theoretically less athletic than Jimmy Graham, is better on second reaction plays than Jimmy Graham. He is more likely to break a tackle than Jimmy Graham. For all of the great stuff Brian Gudikins has done, Jimmy Graham was a big miss, and every time he's on the field, he is keeping someone who is better than him off the field. Because I would rather have Tanyan on the field, I'd rather have Lewis on the field. Now right now, Tanyan's hurt. But I mean, you you could mitigate the number of snaps he's on the field even more. Now Lewis can't play every down. And especially not in those 11 personnel snaps. He's not ideally suited to be out there. Big Bob Tanyan is. And in a couple weeks, you have Jay Sternberger who can come back. He is suited for those situations. So maybe that changes with your offense. We don't know what the future is with Devontae Adams. But what we know right now is the Packers have a defense defense that is capable of keeping them in games, of of winning in situations where they need to win, and giving the Packers the opportunity to win games with the run game, and giving Aaron Rodgers just enough time or just enough space, just enough leeway to do what he is so good at doing. And the broadcast had this awesome stat. Over the last decade, so essentially in the Aaron Rodgers era, The Packers lead the league in comebacks of 13 or more. Lead the league in comebacks of being down 13 or more. And that was before Monday night. So if my math checks out, still lead the league. These are the kinds of wins that we saw great quarterbacks make. These are the kinds of wins good teams in Super Bowl seasons make these are when you watch those Super Bowl DVDs go back and watch the 2010 DVD or Blu-ray whatever you have they won some of these games they won games like this now that team was never down by more than 7 which still remains to be a ridiculous stat to me but these these close games when you are winning these close games you need to take advantage of those opportunities you need to get that one or two seed and make a deep playoff run because these are golden opportunities And Green Bay has to take advantage of them. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free brewtown is your number one destination in wisconsin for buying selling and trading sports cards and memorabilia here is how to enter you can go to brewtown store on 76th and cold spring just off 894 in greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention locked on packers while you're there check out the shop they're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from tops panini and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events. So follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked On Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. All right, I want to talk about the defense because Jair Alexander came back from a nightmare game, his worst game as a pro, and absolutely played outstanding. Locked Marvin Jones down, who he was on, the, on for most of the day. Kevin King, you know, really bad start and righted the ship. Made some nice plays after that. Did not get beat deep on a touchdown toss, a potential touchdown toss to Kenny Galladay. The defense really knuckled down. And you you see Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith once again doing their thing and, and getting third down sacks. I mean, all of their plays seem to be impactful, not just in a vacuum, but on the drive. Those are huge plays. And the, the impact of Darnell Savage not being out there was felt right away. You, you, those deep shots you imagine are not the same if Darnell Savage is out there. Green Bay was busting coverages, which you would expect is not happening if Darnell Savage is out there. If the guys who are playing regularly are out there, you would think the defense would play better and, and not bust as many coverages. They would be in the right spots more often. Detroit really did an awesome job of scouting this Packers defense and and understanding. Okay, Mike Patton likes to substitute in these situations, so we're going to push tempo in those situations. We're going to catch them napping. We're going to. They want to get set. They want to show us something and then and then change. Well, if we go up tempo, they can't make those changes, or maybe we can catch them out of position. And that was something that Detroit had success with early on. And eventually, Green Bay said, "Okay, this is the personnel grouping that's going to be out there." And this is the personnel grouping that is going to be out there for whatever you do, uh, assuming you don't substitute. And if you do substitute, the rule says the defense gets a chance to substitute as well. And the key to being able to do that was this Packers defense stopped the run in light personnel. Even when they went to nickel, Detroit was not able to get anything going on the ground. You go 20 carries, 56 yards. That's less than three yards a carry. And, you know, I have, I have had a lot of takes that have drawn a lot of different reactions from, from you guys about the run game. But when you are giving up plays consistently in nickel coverage and not stopping the pass game, that becomes a problem. If you're giving up the run game in order to stop the pass, that is fine. But early on, Green Bay was not able to stop the passing game. And so if you're not able to stop either, your defense is just bad. What Green Bay did in this game was, it's not that they played big and got beat because they played big, although some of those plays early on, the the Lions got a couple first down shot plays. This is a way that I think teams are going to attack Green Bay. It's a way that teams attacked Green Bay last year. If Green Bay is going to play big, and the team has receivers that can get down the field, first down is when Mike Patton likes to go a little bit more traditional with his personnel, two linebackers. You're not going to necessarily have Tremont Williams on the field. You're going to be playing with the three defensive linemen, and so it is easier to get one-on-one coverage, especially if your safeties are going to bite on play action. Eventually, what Mike Patton said was, all right, cool. It's nickel personnel. That's going to be the thing. Tremont Williams, you got TJ Hawkinson. And we think we can stop you even out of this grouping. And that's what they did. And that mattered. It really threw the Lions off when they were not able to have balance. And that's the thing about stopping the run and, and the way that you're going to prioritize what you're going to stop, run versus pass, and all those things. And as Mike Patton has said a million times, obviously you want to stop it all. But teams that feel like they have to be balanced... There is a, a hidden advantage in stopping the run against those kinds of teams because you feel like you can make them play a way they don't want to feel. They don't want to play that way. They don't want to play where they have to drop back and throw the ball 40 times. And so maybe there's a hidden advantage there. Now, Green Bay did not really do that. They didn't say, okay, we're going to make you play lefty, but they made some adjustments and those adjustments worked. Detroit able to score just nine points in the second half and really only 13 in the first. It's not like this defense got torched. There were a couple big plays and generally speaking, if you're going to give up big plays and not turn the ball over, but your offense is going to turn the ball over, you're going to lose. And that was not the case because Green Bay's offense played pretty well in this game, all things considered. And the defense situationally did its job. So. Whatever you want to say about the officials doesn't matter. The win is the win. And, you know, I think, I think if you're a Packers fan, to be sure, you can think of enough games in which whether it was bad officiating or something late broke away that, in retrospect, was, was BS, a missed call, a non-call on a penalty, you know, no face mask call against Rodgers in the playoff game against Arizona, the fail Mary... I mean, we can even take it back to Rice fumbled the ball, but there are plenty of times that that we can think of where a bad call cost the Packers a win and they shouldn't feel sorry about this one because they got it, they're five and one and really in the driver's seat. And I would say in the driver's seat in, in not just the NFC North, but in the NFC. And if they're not in the driver's seat in the conference, they're at the very least, they're in that car. Maybe they're in the passenger seat and the driver is going to need a break. You know, it's a long car ride. It's a, you know, out of caffeine. You got to stop at 7 Eleven. All right, it's my turn to drive now. Maybe it's that kind of situation. You want to say the Saints, you want to say, you know, this the 49ers, the Seahawks in that conversation. Green Bay's right there. And this was not the most impressive win, but there was an impressiveness in the resilience, in the ability to overcome adversity, to keep fighting, to make adjustments offensively and defensively. And there is still, once again, plenty of opportunity to teach. Plenty of opportunity to get better. You win a game in which you didn't play your best, and that is a building block moving forward. This team is 5-1 and one and not played its best football yet. How many of these shows do I get to say that after? And and it's going to catch up with the Packers. They're not going to play their best football against a good team and lose. Maybe it's going to be you know on the road at Kansas City, on the road in San Francisco, on the road in Los Angeles, maybe it's going to be one of those games. But to this point, they've been able to not hit their ceiling, to not get to that top gear and win football games, and that is a credit to this team. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, crossover Wednesday. It is time to turn the page on week six. Look forward to week seven already. The Oakland Raiders come to town off a bye week. They're coming off a bye too, so they're going to be rested The Packers are going to have to be ready early in the the game for these same kinds of unscouted looks. And and we'll see what John Gruden has for the Packers. A little bit of a homecoming for Gruden as well as a former uh, assistant who made his bones in Green Bay. So we'll have to switch gears already, get to our our, uh, Raiders segment tomorrow, and move forward to try and get you ready for everything you need for Raiders Week the silver and black at Lambo. So subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. I said you can do that on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.